0: The following audio is a sermon preached by one of our pastors at Restoration Church in St. Mary's, Georgia. We pray that the Holy Spirit would minister to you deeply with this message. Well, good morning. Good morning. How's everybody this morning? Once again, y'all look great. You do. You look good. Must be because I got my new glasses. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, you finally get your new glasses? I said, man, where have you been? I've had them for two weeks, Okay. I guess when you wear your sunglasses so many times, they just expect it. And so there I was out in the beautiful sunshine and my foster grants were doing their foster thing and they were turning dark and I couldn't see where I was at because I couldn't tell I don't understand that, you know. Joey, you probably understand because you're you're getting old. You probably understand. <laughs> Got to get an amen somewhere. But uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I want to thank a church for how much you share. You have once again <clears throat> shared your... Sinuses with me I'm excited about that um, but i I, w- I- will tell you what I'm excited about this morning um, you know when i uh when i when I go to bed and um and I, I i I have this excitement about getting up and going to church on sunday man i that's a euphoric feeling it really is you know how many how many times have you been some place in your life where you just you know, you, you, you didn't want to get up and go to church because, man, you know, there was just there was something going on at church that was just uncomfortable or I don't know, maybe somebody wasn't getting along or I, it, it, it happens, you know. Well, I thank God that we're two years old and that's not happening here. And uh, I, I will tell you why we, we fight. We fight against that enemy and against that spirit here. We, we just we push through that. And, and I'll tell you where it starts. It starts in my home. When I meet with some godly men and my pastors all around me and we we challenge each other to the core. We say things to each other that you just don't find yourself saying to each other. I mean, we we shoot. We shoot, you know, below the belt. We just go right in for the punch and we just but we're able to do that. Why? Because we've we've got this spirit of receiving. Not not spirit of telling, but we've got this spirit of receiving what's said to us. In a way that face to face, these guys can say things to me that challenge my socks off. And I know if it's coming from them because the life that they live, because of their walk with Christ, because of their obedience, I know that it's good for me. And so I I, I, I take a little bit of sugar with it to try to, you know, swallow it and let it go down. You know, it's like back in the day when mom would try to get that castor oil down your, that stuff doesn't work. I don't know why we do that, but it's like everything else that we do. It's, it's, it's what we tend to believe or what we've learned to believe. And I, I think as the church, we've taken this position that if I spend enough time with this one person, they'll get it. If I do enough for this one individual, they'll get it. And the scripture actually teaches just the opposite. The scripture teaches a way for the believer to sow seed. We're supposed to sow seed. Now, let me make it very clear before we go into the depth of this message. I do believe that we're supposed to do everything that we can do to win someone to Christ. I do believe we're supposed to do everything that we can do to win a person back. I do believe, but I believe it comes through prayer first. I believe it comes through the word of God first. I believe it comes through the work of the Holy Spirit first. Not anything that Greg Ardell can do. Not anything that you in this room can do. But we are called to throw out the seed. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Because I believe in my heart of hearts that the church has a a passion and has a deep desire to reach people. I mean, after all, think about it this way. If you had a friend that was about to walk off of a cliff and you knew they were near that cliff, would you not do everything humanly possible to try to pull them back away from that cliff? Well, it's just like that with salvation. Why would you, as a believer, as a Christian, allow someone to continue in a sinful life, allow someone to, to operate outside of Christ? Why would you ever, ever allow that to happen? You wouldn't. You would do everything in your human power to try to draw them and pull them back. But I want to help us explanatorily understand what the Word of God says today about how we're to do that. There is a way that we're to do it and it's gonna be found in the book of Mark. It's called the parable of the sower. It's gonna be also about the seed. And the reason we called it seeds today was because in the scripture, we're gonna kind of go a little bit backwards. In the latter part of the chapter, we're going to understand what that seed is. And then we're going to come back to the first part of the book, and we're going to look at what the sowing does and where it lands, and where we need to be as believers as to where it lands. So, if you have your Bible, I'll be in the ESV, and it'll be up on the screen. And um, having a little bit of a dryness of the throat, so I'm going to let God do all of the speaking as well as that's the way it should be anyway. But if you have your Bible, open up to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to be in verse number 26. And we're going to go down to verse number 29, and this is what he said. Jesus' words, always signified by the red letters in the Scripture, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we need to learn. We need to understand that your ways are not our ways. So help us to find a balance this morning, how we are to approach people, God, how we are to to do the work that you've called us to do and how we are to leave the work that is only able to be done by you in your hands. Lord, help us to find that balance. Help us to get it right by your word because we know this morning that all of my words may be nil and void, but your word will never return void. And so I pray that you'll speak to us this morning, so we'll understand some things about your word that'll help us grow together in this wonderful work you've given us called Restoration Church, and I pray it all in Jesus' name, Amen. And so it was some time ago when I first came into the ministry. I was in kind of an interview process. I was interviewed by several churches, and I had I had this one interview where I I, I gave out my <laughs> resume, if you will, because you know churches operate that way. They want your resume. They want to know everything you've done. They want to know what are you going to do for us? And um, how are you going to grow us? And uh, you know, if you're not really careful, you can fall right into that trap. Because first of all, those are really not valid questions to be asking a pastor. How are you going to grow us? Well, first of all, if I answer them with answers that sound like I'm going to do something, then I I should not even qualify for the job. Because number one, as a preacher of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I don't do anything. I don't grow the church. We don't grow the church. Jesus does. He does all the work. So trap number one, I, I kind of fell into it. I was like, well, it, um, I, guess, uh, I guess what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Oh, okay, by the way, um, coming into this package, we've got this package for you. What does your wife offer? My, my wife? Yeah, what does she do? I, uh, she works for the post office. (laughs) No, 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 no. What, what part of, what part of, you know, the marriage, what is she bringing in? You guys are, you know, we need to, what is she going to do for us? I was like, uh, we'll put her in the nursery rotation. I, I don't know what you're asking, you know? And so, but yet in the very beginning, I fell into this trap and I was answering it like, Oh, well, um, Oh, I'm sure I can volunteer for all kinds of stuff. We'll get her doing this. We'll get her doing that. Is that going to get me the job? Man, listen, I tell you, we really fall into some traps in ministry. And I think that if we're not careful, the church can fall into this trap. And so I want to find us a balance today. It's much like when I first started preaching. When I first started preaching, I had no problem with throwing my fist on the pulpit and just slamming the diggity dog out of it. Number one, it felt good. (laughs) <laughs> Number two, it made me feel like I was doing something. It made me feel like I, if I preached hard enough, if I preached loud enough, if I, just, if I just drove the point home for the fifth time in the service, somebody's life would change. It would make a difference because after all, it's it's me doing it. It's me preaching and it's me trying to motivate and move you to do something. And immediately, like within the first three months, God began to show me his grief with that. And I was like, I don't I don't get it. God, I'm confused. I, I, I don't know why you're grieved with that. And nobody even complained. No, I mean, as a matter of fact, some people got really charged up by that. You know, uh, me and my brother used to have this argument about preachers. You know, I'd be like, man, I don't don't think the guy really needs to scream at you. I don't think he needs to just get in your face. I don't think he needs to jump down the aisle and just cram it down your throat. And he'd be like, oh, I like that. I like it when they do that. It motivates me. It moves me. And I'm just like, well, you're just a little bit weird. That's all there is to it. And I could say it to him because then I ran. I was faster than him. I could run, boogity run. But no, really, I got caught up in this moment. Where I really thought that if I did everything humanly possible, if I just begged and pleaded, we're going to sing just as I am. All eight verses one more time. Because (laughs) just one more time. And, And listen, folks, please, believe me, I'm not making a mockery of an invitation, but I'm making a mockery of my own self. As I look at myself and I think, where do I get that from? It's from this. This place of deep desire and deep concern, and I wanna see people's lives change, but I got news for you. Sometimes, they're not ready. Sometimes, they're not ready. But it doesn't change what we're to do. And so I want us to find a little bit of a balance today in what we're supposed to do with seed, okay? In the book of Mark, we read here about the the growing seed. And we see that this is a perfect picture. It is. It's perfect. Why is it perfect? Because it's God's plan. And this is ultimately how it works. Read it with me again. The Word of God says, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is what is growing right now. It is those that are crossing the line of faith in Jesus Christ, placing their trust in him. And let me make one thing very clear. I try not to use words that are confusing. Sometimes I do because I'm just a human. But there's no such thing. Listen, there's no such thing as trusting Jesus for the very first time. And I want to introduce you right now to Kevin Morris, who's coming forward to give his life. He's prayed to receive Jesus for the very first time. Doesn't that sound exciting? Wow, the first time. Like as if there's a second, third, and fourth. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like, hey, I tried ivory soap for the first time. I'm going to try it again. (laughs) You, You catch my drift? It's just man's words. It's stuff we say. It's not even right. It's not even biblically correct. I'm coming to trust Jesus for the first time, which means when I walk away for a while, I'm going to come back for a second time. That's not what the scripture means. I think I'm going to get on that Oxy, Oxy Blue commercial. I'm going to take over that guy's place. What do you think, Joey? Yeah, I ought to. He says the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed. On the ground, he sleeps and he rises night and day and the seed grows. He knows not how he doesn't know how. Now, listen, I am a fan of the garden. I don't have any green thumbs. Some people can plant something and. And they claim it's by singing to it or talk. Oh, you're such a pretty little, pretty little leaf. <laughs> this is my this is my this is my tree and I like it. I'm growing it. Your precious little tree. And they claim, look, man, it either grows or it don't, okay? Now, that's not really true in my house. If you give my wife a plant, it's dead. D e. My son, for Mother's Day, gives his mother a tree. I said, why? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. No kidding, man. We even watered it. It's already gone, son. It's gone. It's out the door. And she wouldn't even let me keep the container. It's gone. She goes, I love that boy. I love that boy. Why did he bring me a plant? (laughs) Give her some flour, some sugar, and all that other stuff. She'll make something happen. But don't give her a tree. Don't give her a plant. It's done. But it intrigues me that when, I, you know, when, I'm, when I'm out there and I have the time and the effort to grow a garden, it blows my mind that I can take and build up this mound and I can pat it down and I can take the, the post of my, um, the hoe and put down three holes and I could put one seed and I can cover it up and I've already cultivated in a little bit of fertilizer. And within about a week, I start to see the ground move and it just breaks through the ground. It blows my mind, this process. But I don't know how that happens. Now, science can prove to us, it does this, it does that. And we could do time lapse because we're just those kind of people. We're so inquisitive, we want to know. But listen, bottom line, we really don't know how all that truly works. We've come up with an idea and a plan, but it's still mind-blowing. If you think about it, how this one teeny tiny little seed can grow this big stalk, which will produce food and the scripture says the farmer doesn't know how that happens he just plants his field the kingdom of heaven is the same way we scatter out the seed and it grows but it only grows on the right kind of soil it only grows in the right kind of conditions and we're going to talk about that in a minute but let's finish this it's It's the earth producing by itself. First, the blade comes up, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. The sickle, it's that tool that harvests it. And God picks it up and he says, now it's ready for use. It's ready for use. Now, we live in a world where you would think it would be so simple. All you got to do is cast out some seed. All you got to do is share the gospel. Everybody wants Jesus, don't they? Mm -mm. No, it's not the case. Now, I'd love to tell you all the reasons why people don't want Jesus, but mostly it's because they're trapped up inside of themselves. Now, listen, if the farmer goes out and scatters just a little bit of seed, His crop is going to be small. His yield is going to be little. He's not even going to have anything at the end of the harvest to glean off of the sides. But the farmer that scatters seed, he just keeps scattering. He doesn't try to figure out the multiplication. He doesn't try to figure out how much he's going to yield. He just does it. He cultivates it into the ground. And he does all the work. But it's still a mystery to him. And it comes up the way that it will. And sometimes... Sometimes if the farmer doesn't know exactly where he's at and what he's doing and he's new to this particular field, the seed doesn't do much of anything. And so it can leave the farmer pretty discouraged. It can leave the church pretty discouraged to scatter so much seed and nothing really happens. And one of the biggest problems that we see in the church today is so many people that will seem to grab a hold of the seed. They'll, they'll, it'll be planted in their life, and it'll begin to produce something. But then they, they seem to walk away from it, and they go back into a lifestyle that was not ever meant for them. And it seems that they go back into this lifestyle that's with a vengeance Drunkenness becomes more prominent. Smoking the wacky stuff becomes even more prominent. Taking more and more drugs than they even did when they were addicted to the things becomes more and more prominent. Let me tell you, it's because of the ground that the seed fell on. I'm here to tell you, what is the difference between the believer that comes into this walk with God, this relationship with Jesus Christ, and they just, what's the difference between me and you. What's the difference between Billy Graham and me? What's the difference between those that just sell out their life for the cause of the kingdom, the cause of the cross, and the difference between someone who just plays games in God's house? Well, it's very difficult for us to understand want to find some balance to that today. I want us to understand that we've got to be very careful as the church as to how we approach this subject and how we treat people. Now, let me tell you something. Um, I'm one of the, I'm a fixer. I I am. I'm a fixer. My wife knows it. She'll bring me all the stuff. Honey, fix this. Just, Just fix it. She knows I can't fix the plant problem. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what to do about that, but I can, I can fix the oven, I can fix the toilet, but I have a hard time and I get frustrated because I can't always fix people. You know, raising up the kids, she'd say, what's wrong with them? I'm like, I don't know. Well, you're a guy. I know, but I don't know what is wrong with the boys right now. Maybe from a woman's perspective, you can help me to see what's going on. I don't know, I just don't know. I have a hard time, I wanna fix people, but I have a hard time with it. I'll tell you why. It's because there's a principle that God has given us as the church, as the how we're to approach people. There's a way to identify who you're dealing with, and that's what I want us to see today. I want us to understand. Travel back with me in the book of and we're gonna look at verse number three. <laughs> This is what Jesus says in the parable of the sower. He's telling us about the sower who's casting out the seed, but he's going to help us to understand the kind of ground that our seed falls on. What kind of seed am I talking about? This morning, I'm talking about real, genuine truth, Jesus only, not man's factions, but what lines up with God's Word, God's Word. Get this this morning, church. I don't care about your ideas. I don't care about your thought. I don't care about your interpretation. I want to hear God's Word. I want to see God's Word into play. Now, if everything that proceeds out of your mouth lines up with this, I'm a fan. But if the stuff that proceeds out of my mouth doesn't come from the Word of God, it doesn't count for spit. It doesn't count for anything, the only thing that will ever, ever, ever make a difference or matter is what proceeds out of this book. And therefore, we're in a loss. Folks, as seeds on the ground that are being cast out from those that are sowing the seed, who are not sowing it in Jesus' name, out of this book, we're in trouble as the church Let me give you an example. How many times have you been in the workplace and someone has come to you knowing you're a believer and they're a believer and they argue the word of God with you and they want to prove that they're right and you're wrong? And they want to put another spin on it. And it absolutely doesn't line up biblically. But they want to convince you. They want to argue with you. They want to fight with you. They want to let you know that they're right and that you're wrong. Listen, that's who we are as human beings. We always want our way. We always want what's good for us. We don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like to be put in that bad place. We don't like to be unliked. I got news for you. All of the apostles suffered. For carrying the cross and carrying the word. And it's not going to change. It's never going to change. And so you stand boldly behind the truth. And you say, I know, but that scares me. So sometimes I don't engage in those conversations. You know why? Because we don't know the word of God like we used to. In this nation, in this time, our children don't know the word of God. Look at me, church. I'll just talk about us. Let's just talk about us today. Just us, nobody else. Let's just talk about us. Our youth are coming here on Sunday night and they know nothing about God's word. They know nothing about, they don't know where to find certain stuff in God's word. No, 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 folks, listen. It is a parental right to teach our children God's word, but it used to come through the school system. It used to come through our government. It used to come from the higher ups because in one God we trust. In God Almighty we trust. We trust. God blessed America. It's not that way anymore. It's not that way anymore. Matter of fact, they want to change God's word. They want to make it easier to take. They want to, they want to make it to where we can just, oh, that felt so good. That just felt so good. Don't you just love it when God's word feels so good? It just feels good. Or how about this? Let's just read the parts we like. Yeah, let's just read about prosperity. Let's just read about good stuff. All that other stuff, let's just kind of just throw it off to the side. I don't read those things. I don't want to read them. But God said, God said we're to know it from the front to the back. He also said anyone who adds to or takes away. His name will be blotted out, taken out of the Lamb's book of life. Now, I don't know how all that works, but I'm telling you, that's serious stuff. That's serious stuff. So, quick question. What kind of seed are you sowing? What kind of seeds are you putting out there? Do your opinions line up with God's word, or are they just your ideas and your fluff and your opinions? It's a scary place to be because automatically... The seed that you're throwing out is rampant. It's no good. Have you ever had a pack of seeds that were out of date? Save a little money, take last year's seeds, plant them. About a quarter of your field will come up. You know why? Because they have a pot life. They have a life existence, seeds do. It's something miraculous. At some point, the life inside of that seed begins to dry up. It begins to change. Something inside of that seed is no longer genetically the same. And it's the same with the seed that, produce, that we produce that comes out of our mouth. And when it doesn't line up with God's word, it begins to change. And we don't see real life change anymore. We see people doing what they want to do. And we're just putting a band-aid on their life and saying, Jesus loves you. He loves you. He sure loves you. But we serve the Jesus that loves us so much that he will not allow us to continue to live in sin or go back into sin. He will fight us with everything that we've got. So here's what he said. Listen. I I love it when Jesus just right out the gate. Listen. (laughs) Behold, a sower went out to sow and he sowed some seed and it fell along the path. The birds came along and they devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. Immediately it sprang up, and since it had no depth of soil, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil, produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30 fold and 60 and 100 fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You see, The seed that you and I cast out is going to land on a certain type of ground. That's a given. It's a guarantee. It's going to land on one of these types of ground. It is not the church's purpose to argue the point. It is not the church's purpose to find their position and push their agenda or their position. It is up to us to proclaim the gospel and keep moving. Proclaim the gospel and keep moving. Proclaim the gospel and keep moving. Now, here's where we get into trouble. Oh, but we got to give them every chance. We've got to give them every chance to come to Christ. We've got to give them every chance. So we just keep on trying to nurture, nurture. And listen, there's nothing in the scripture that says, nurture that seed, nurture that seed. What does the farmer do? He plows up the ground, he puts down the fertilizer, plants the seed, and it comes up on its own. And the scripture is very clear that it is not for us to know how it is going to grow. It's not for us to know. The farmer doesn't even know. The farmer has no idea how all that works. Well, now, wait a minute. He's got a little synopsis. But you'll have to agree with me. It's truly miraculous that you could take a seed and put it down in the ground and it'll come to life. But the scientific world will tell you, that's no miracle, we got it figured out. We're scientists, we know how it works. You got anything bigger than that? And so the scientists get before God and they say, hey God, guess what? Thanks for the brain, but we're so smart we don't need you anymore. We're gonna create something out of nothing. He says, okay, how are you gonna do that? He says, well we're gonna take this little particle of dust. He says, wait a minute, why don't you go get your own dust? Oh, that's good, ain't it? I love it. Out of the dust and the dirt of the ground, God made man. I think we've gotten way off track, folks. I think we just get so far off track, we're so smart, we've got it all figured out. I'm gonna win them back. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm gonna do everything I can do to get them back. It's my job. No, it ain't. No, it's not. But it's also not our job to leave them by the wayside. How do you do that? You got to get on your face and pray to God. You got to get in the word. You better know the word because if your ideas are trying to grab somebody and pull them back, you're dead wrong. And you're leading them down the dead wrong road. You've got to have God's word. you got to know God's word. Therefore, he says, hide my word in your heart so you won't sin against me. Not just so you won't do wrong things. Not so you just won't go off and keep living like you were living before I saved you and redeemed you by the blood of the lamb to live a holy, pleasing life that's acceptable unto me. But so that way you won't be a liar. You see, when Greg Ardell tries to convince you of something, it's me. It's not God. My testimony is only that of a testimony of what he did for me. I can't make it happen for you. I can't make it happen for my coworker. I can't convince you of anything. It falls on four kinds of ground. Jesus tells of this ground and he breaks it down a little bit more. <laughs> first, first, in the parable of the growing seed, Jesus tells about this farmer, this man who scatters the seed on the ground, and then allows nature to take its course you've got to let God take his course you can't coerce people you can't try to brainwash them you can't try to convince them it's got to be God otherwise here's what happens i tell you what they do they walk away and therefore we have this thing coming for the very first time It's Kevin Morris giving his life to Jesus for the very first time isn't it great but watch out because of what we teach he may come back a second Or we're thinking he may need a third, but eventually it's going to take. How many times does the seed come up through the ground? One time. And then what does it do? It grows. And then we harvest it. And then what happens? The seed of that plant goes back in the ground to start the process over again. We're the church. We've got to find that balance. And that balance is found, folks, listen, man, it's in God's word. It's always in God's word. Stop trying to convince people about how right you are. Stop trying to convince people. I mean, God showed me supernaturally. He said, man, you got to quit pounding that pulpit. (laughs) You ain't doing nothing. Got a little bruise on your fist. Good for you. You're not doing anything. I do that work, son. I do it. That was hard for me to understand. Because, I mean, I want to play a role, don't I? I want to be a life changer. I want to be the reason. But see, if I can change a man like that, That just leads me to pride. And then I walk around bragging about all I'm doing. I'm doing a bunch. I'm doing a lot. How much are you doing? Oh, that doesn't even compare to what I'm doing, Kevin. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You need to keep up with me. And then we've just shot the whole plan right in the foot. Done. God's not touching that with a 10-foot pole. And so then we (laughs) we go into how the seed How the seed falls. And here's what you need to understand, church. First of all, you need to understand, you need to read this. You need to study this. You need to get this. Because there's a balance of getting callous toward people, but there's a balance in loving them and caring for them. It's a balance. God says, everything you do, do it with moderation. Let your moderation be known unto all men, for the Lord is at hand, is what Paul said. Be, be, be in moderation. Listen, man, you've got to be moderate in the way that you pump out the gospel. You've got to be moderate in how you're expecting a response. You've got to let God do his work, because here's the type of ground that it falls on four different types. There's this hard ground, which is, the scripture says, by the wayside. This prevents the seed from sprouting at all. In other words, this is the heart that's hard that says, I don't want to hear that crud. I don't even have time for that junk. You're just, you people are so ridiculously dumb, you're dumb enough to believe that junk. What can you do with that? Nothing. Nothing. But pray. God, soften that ground. God, make that ground pliable, because he's the only one that can. And so you don't walk up and go, hey man, you know that guy Neil? Guy is thinking hard-headed. He don't listen to squat. (laughs) Well... What are you laughing at, Tim? What what have I just done? I've just said, God, that guy don't get it. He ain't never going to get it. And God's saying, not with you in the way. Not with you in the way, Greg. Just straighten up, Neil. Right now. The stony ground provides enough soil, just enough soil, So that the seed will germinate and it'll begin to grow. It, 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 it will, it'll, 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 it'll begin to grow. And it's funny because, you know, every once in a while, right now I have some germinating seeds in my gutters. I got little pine trees in my gutters. That's a sign of something. I'm not sure what it is. It's one of those, honey, can you fix this moments? <laughs> honey, <laughs> I love it. Back in the driveway, you know, my wife can't hit the driveway right, but I can't clean the gutters right. And so I look up and she goes, honey, is there something we could do about that. I'm like, you mean the, the trees that are growing in the gutter? I think it looks kind of Christmassy, actually. <laughs> That's where I'm starting my Christmas tree farm. So I'll get to it eventually. I got an excuse for everything, especially when it comes to those honeydews. Listen, it, it, it doesn't grow. It, there's no deepness there. There's no depth. And, and let me tell you, usually that kind of ground is someone who says, I'm not gonna fully surrender. I, I like what you're pumping out. I like what you're saying, but I control my life. I'm in charge. Nobody tells me what to do. And eventually what happens is because there's no root system, it withers away. And before you know it, people are back out in the world and they hate the church. They hate us with a vengeance. And we actually had nothing to do with it. And that's what I'm trying to help you to understand. There's some things that you and I have nothing to do with. But there's some things we have everything to do with. But that's an item of prayer. That's an item of scripture and the word but you can't argue with a person like that. They're just gonna argue you until you're dead. They're just gonna chew your ear off and they're gonna make you feel like a piece of junk because you finally can't come up with the answer that they've been looking for. And the answer they're looking for comes from above. It doesn't come from us. It comes from above. And so the third type is the thorny ground It allows the seed to grow, but it's competing with the thorns and it chokes out the life of the beneficial plants that are around it. And so it just gets kind of choked out. And I got to tell you, I think that happens too often in church. I think that that we spiritual ones are kind of walking around all spiritual and we're just choking people out because we become a little bit thorny. We become a little bit hard to deal with. We come, we, we, we've lost that edge of love. We get this attitude and we're just all abrasive and we're just all mean and we're just all nasty to the people all around us. But yet we'll say, I love Jesus as much as you do. No, you don't. And it's time to do a checkup. It's time to do a real deep checkup because my Bible tells me, my Bible tells me that that ain't Jesus. That's not Jesus at all. So let's make sure we as the church are not thorny, and that we're not thistles, and that we're not just hay grass that's just growing up that chokes out the good wheat. Let's look at ourselves first. And so the fruit is that good ground. It receives the seed, and the Word of God says it produces much fruit. Fruit, I tell you, fruit. Not idle words, not stuff like, oh, look at what I've done, look at what I do, but Fruit. Fruit from the labor. Fruit for the labor. Fruit for the world. Fruit of Jesus Christ. Everything that proceeds out of your mouth is fruit. It's good on the ear. It's not hurtful. It's not destructive. It doesn't tear you from limb to limb. That is not fruit. (laughs) That, my friends, is worthless. And it's not Christ. You say, whoo! Man, let me tell you, I'm passionate about this subject because the church is going to blow it if we're not careful. I don't want to blow it. And so I start here. I say, okay, God, what kind of Christian am I? First of all, do I know your word? Mm -hmm. do, Do I just... Do I just play around like I do? I know a couple of verses and I throw them out there every once in a while. But do I know God's word? And see, listen, God's word isn't so I can tell Kevin all about himself. You know what God's word's for? Me. It's for me. You know, if you and I would pay attention to ourselves, we'd change the world. You know why? Yeah, we'd be looking right at the problem. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me, most of the time, the reason I'm really upset at home over an issue or something where I've lost my cool or I've, I've said something I shouldn't have said, it started with me. I'm like, what just happened here? And usually I'm walking around the woods going, that was me. Doggone it, it was me again. Why is it always me? And God said, because I'm trying to show you something. Listen, just look at yourself this morning. Just take a look. Stop looking at everybody else. You don't control what kind of ground the seed falls on. So stop trying to act like you do. And pray that the ground would be ready for the seed. Because your job and my job is to throw out the seed. You keep throwing it. Throw it. Throw it. Keep throwing it. Worship team, come on. Come on. Let's go. Throw it. Listen. Come on, worship team. Let's get ready to worship. Listen. Throw it out there in your workplace in your home. You know, listen, there's some seed out there in our homes that we throw out that's not so good. How many of you grow gourds for a living? You know what a gourd is? It's basically worthless. Why would you throw worthless seed out? The way you talk to your children, the way you talk to your spouse, the way you talk to your boss man or boss lady, you talk to your boss man or boss lady better than you talk to your children and your spouse. Why are you throwing that kind of junk out there? Why are you putting that? the seed out there because guess what it's going to take root and it's going to come up because you might be throwing that nasty seed out on some good soil and good soil always produces a seed whatever seed you're putting out there it matters thank you for listening to this message if you would like to connect with restoration church you can do so by visiting our facebook page restoration camden or also our church website www.restorationcamden.com. There you will find all of our contact information, including current ministries, sermons and teachings, serving opportunities, upcoming events, and outreaches. If you would like to get in touch with our pastors concerning a prayer request or a special need you'd like us to attend to, please feel free to do so. Also, please feel free to share this sermon. We just ask that you do not alter the content in any way. God bless you, and thank you for listening.